So welcome back to our Retail Smarts podcast. Today with me, I have Shane Lenton, CIO of Q Clothing. Um, how are you today, Shane? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for being with us. Um, so how did you get started in retail? I see that you've got a quite a diverse background, you know, everything from, you know, finance to IT and all sorts of things. So tell me about your start in retail. Yeah, so I started in retail about 11 years ago. Um, prior to that, as you mentioned, it was um, you know, a lot of my prior IT work had been in finance with a bit of media and government. Um, it was it was a time when I think, you know, retail was going through a real transformation in the sense of uh, technology was starting to become, you know, more critical and, and a necessity from a retailer's perspective. So um, when I was approached about the job, it was an IT manager role at the time and um, the opportunity to join, you know, an iconic Australian brand. Uh, my um, wife, or partner at the time, now wife, um, was a big Q fan. So I thought I definitely had to go in and, uh, and see the team at Q and, and find out more about it. And been able to jump into an industry that um, you know that was in its infancy in a lot of in a lot of senses around technology um, and sort of almost a green field uh, to build an environment and work with the business to uh, and you know really build platforms um, and the environment from scratch. Uh, it was yeah an exciting opportunity. And when you first started, I mean, you know, coming into um, an industry that was quite a, a green field when it came to technology, um, you know, how did you approach those conversations or did you, was it just that retailers were ready? Look, I think retailers were, were definitely, um, and retailers in the industry was becoming ready at the time, um, but at the same, you know, at the same, um, at the same time, it was a lot about, you um, you know, it, taking the business on the journey and, and understanding how technology uh, could complement the business. Uh, I always say that the technology uh, is only there to complement the business. It's it's the people. It's and particularly in Q's case, it's the designers and the quality of product um, and the manufacturing that really make the business who who it is. But um, technology was certainly coming into the into the foray at that time um, and it was about really taking the business on the journey to understand things that were done a certain way uh, where there was opportunity for optimization um, and really to accelerate the growth of the business. Great. And then had you ever worked in retail prior to going to Q? I mean, even, um, you know, your first job out as a teenager or, or anything like that or was this really your first foray into retail? Um, out and out retail was my first uh, first role, but uh, early on, uh, like a lot of people, I did the sort of hospitality bar work and that sort of thing. So I think there's quite a lot of synergies around, you know, customers and and the hospitality industry and retail. So that's uh, I had a little bit of background there, but outside of that, I I didn't sort of go through the, you know, sometimes some of the traditional paths as, um, you know, a cashier and and, and similar. I, I always find in these um, podcasts it's really fascinating to see where people have come from or where they've you know started in um, you know part of what we would you know refer to as retail around hospitality and things like that and then we kind of find our way back um, to the fold eventually um, you know because I think it's it, as you say it's always about the people and it's about um, you know the product and, and there is a certain I guess feeling within our retailers that really does attract people um, back to the industry if they've ever had that experience what would you say is your biggest um, achievement in retail or working for Q 
Uh, I'd say probably the biggest achievement is really building the foundations um, and introducing the platforms and, you know, really driving that, uh, as I call it today, unified cost, uh, unified commerce piece, so around that sort of multi-channel evolution to omni-channel um, about getting, you know, quite a few years ago, getting that single view of customer and single view of inventory and really getting the foundations in place to enable the business to really accelerate and innovate. Um, I'd say that's certainly, um, I suppose, my biggest achievement uh, for Q and it's something that uh, I think has really set us up for success going forward. And what was the biggest challenge, um, you know, that you faced in, in kind of implementing new technology and taking the business on that journey? You know, what was the hardest part? Uh, look, I think um, retail um, is quite different to, say, you know, my finance background um, in the sense of in finance it was, it was different environments. You had sort of a lot different, a lot of different budgets um, that you're working with and coming into retail, it, it's really um, one of the things I've had to do from a very early stage is be really creative um, with small budgets and, and small teams and, and really get you know, maximum return on, on everything that we do. Um, so I'd say it certainly was one of the challenges early on. It's something I think that I've embraced really well and, you know, often say and talk to the team, we talk about, you know, um, running on the centre of an oily rag, but being able to really innovate and, and, and lead in some cases in the industry and it's something we're really proud of. I think that, um, you know, for many of our listeners who, you know, might not be, um, you know, established businesses but might be just starting out, I think it's always good to hear that, you know, no matter what size it is, you know, sometimes you've got to work within those budgets and, you know, sometimes you don't have budget and you've just got to kind of make magic happen. Um, there's obviously a lot of noise in that tech space. I mean, what's your advice to those um, people just starting out around, you know, picking the right product for their business or um, picking what type of technology to implement? Um, I think you've always got to have a, a, a sort of a view on or a vision for the future. So I think you can f- focus on quick wins now. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for quick wins, but I think at the same time you've always got to be thinking scalability and, and you know, in the long road, um, what is that path to success? Um, but at the same point in time, keep agile um, and, and some don't be afraid to um, at the same point go down the path of a particular platform or solution that you know that you ideally will outgrow in, in a year or two. Um, quite often now there's a lot of SaaS platforms out there that have, you know, turnkey solutions, subscription based that do it allow you to, you know, outgrow things um, and move on without initially having to put too much time and investment into the platforms. But at the same point in time, I think it's really important to be thinking long term. So if we're talking retail, I think, you know, from the get go, you've got to be thinking about, you know, getting your inventory right. You've got to be thinking about that single view of customer. Um, Make sure that, you know, in the early days and up front that you're getting that data in the right shape. Um, and it's not overly hard. It's just about making sure that there's disciplines in place and you're focusing. And it just means that as you go on that journey, whatever platform or solution you're using down the track, um, that you're going to be able to grow into that and really have your environment and your customer data in reasonably good shape to then accelerate. And it might be that right now you're not ready for marketing automation, um, but when you are, um, having those foundations in, in place from the get-go just makes life a lot easier. 
I think that um, that's really sound advice, you know, especially um, the fact that, you know, there are lots of options out there for people that, you know, may not have the largest budget and, you know, being willing to change and and kind of evolve with a product or shifting and changing products where um, needed. I mean, we've just come back from um, Big Show in New York and have been exposed to lots of different technology coming, you know, whether it's creating digital avatars of yourself that can be uploaded online so that all your clothes fit um, or, you know, robotics or, you know, just various things. I mean, what do you think um, the next phase of technology for Australian retailers is? Um, look, something that I've um, sort of, I suppose, spending more and more time looking at and trying to innovate in the space is around um, contextual commerce. So, um, as we know, you've got platforms like uh, social platforms and, you know, shoppable Instagram and things like that now. And we're, you know, we're on the cusp of the next round of disruption from those platforms. There's, I think, 100 odd um, retailers out of the US that are, you know, on a beta or a pilot with, Instagram whereby um, similar to, you know, some other platforms whereby you can actually have your delivery details and your payment information and transact in the moment through social media platform and in this case Instagram without actually leaving Instagram at all. Um, so there's a lot of this change is happening and consumers are wanting to really shop when and how they want. Uh, we talk about, you know, physical retail with alternate payments, you know, the explosion of, of buy now, pay later, tap and go. Um, there's still a lot of things retailers can do, um, you know, Apple Pay with digital wallets and things like that. So I think uh, there's going to be quite a lot in that payment space, um, you know, potentially talking about looking at things like being able to transact within email, within an email without actually having to to leave that email and jump onto a website. So I think there's quite a lot around that payment um, in the payment space that I think is, uh, is ripe for disruption. Um, there's, you know, as you mentioned, the AR piece and, and the VR piece, I think uh, they'll only continue to to evolve, uh, particularly when we've got, you know, the next generation of, of consumers coming through that in a lot of cases, whether they're gamers or, you know, a lot of them are, are using this technology and just consider it normal. Um, you've got that new customer that's coming through that, you know, I look at my kids, um, they don't have a notion of, of time. Um, Ten-year-old daughters, twins, and they, they don't think about, I want to watch TV at this particular time because this show's on, uh, just the way that they consume on demand. Uh, and I think um, from a retail perspective, we're going to see more and more innovation and, and evolution around that, you know, that consume behaviour. Um, the robotics piece, again, you know, automation, in more and more automation that's going into warehousing and, and fulfilment and things like that. Um, is definitely an area, you know, as I said, of continued growth. Um, we're already seeing good use of, um, of AR, you know, and then when devices like iPhones start um, to do a lot of it natively with like the AR kit and things like that, uh, it's becoming a lot easier and, and, and more natural for retailers to use some of these things, whereas in the past it might have been a bit gimmicky or you might be doing it, you know, just to create a bit of noise or a bit of engagement. Um, I think more and more of these things are becoming staple for um, retail. I think you're right. I mean, I think um, I think that, you know, before, you know, when we talked about AR and, you know, IR and all sorts of things, I mean, I think that people 
thought that they were, you know, pie in the sky, that they certainly weren't something that was, um, you know, possible. And now it's all so much about being frictionless in every sense of the word, you know, whether it's, um, as you say, transacting on an email or or simply, you know, getting your goods quicker because it's, um, you know, managed by robots and all sorts of things like that. Um, I think that it is definitely now almost essential for retailers to evolve into this um, frictionless space. I mean, Q has got a significant number of stores, you know, obviously in that bricks and mortar format, but also, um, you know, online. I mean, you talk about kind of viewing that that customer as being, you know, the single customer or, you know, you're looking at the customer, whether they're, they're shopping in store or they're shopping online. I mean, how do you how do you go about kind of managing expectations or drawing that online customer into your stores? So a lot of it's, um, and, you know, it's, it's a big challenge these days. We, we do see across all retailers and you see whether it be shopping centres or department stores or um, high streets, we're seeing a declining foot traffic. However, I think if, um, you know, but then again, you hear that there's a renaissance and the stores are, you know, the new black. And, and I, I do agree with that. If, if the experience is right, um, if the product's right, um, you will certainly get people, um, you know, a, a good volume of people into stores. And I think um, from our perspective, what we really look at is we want to have as many of the customers that transact with us as known customers um, so that then we can and market and, and cross-sell and upsell. Uh, it may be that we, you know, whether it's store-based events that we have, um, but the key to us is, you know, a few years ago we took away guest checkout um on, the, on our websites and part of that was around requirements on what we needed to be able to do a lot of endless aisle fulfillment and you know collections from store and things like that um, but by doing that it allows us the ability to understand um, you know who the customers are they were already providing the same amount of information previously when they were checking out as a guest only now there's more convenient they can have safe payment details and things like that and then for us to sort of bring the channels together. We, we now see that, um, let's look at the, the data as of last week, 57% of our online fulfillments done by stores. Now that's a mix of um, deliveries that will be sent from a store to a customer, but uh, we're still seeing 20 plus percent um, of, click and, of orders online that are getting collected as click and collect orders. Um, so that's driving a lot of traffic back in, into store. I think simple things as well uh, from the get go, by having the foundations in place and, and having that sort of, you know, that, that unified commerce platform that we now have that's, you know, drives our retail, it's our, it's our POS, it's our ERP, it's our retail management platform. By allowing, you know, things like in-store returns um, was super important to us from the get-go. And we had to do quite a bit of work. We're one of the first to, uh, we were the first to launch Afterpay in-store. Now, a big part of that was prior to having it as a payment option in-store, we, from the get-go, we had um, Afterpay integrated for returns. Uh, we're one of the first, I think, if not the first in the country to integrate PayPal returns, fully integrated as a payment return option refund into our, you know, that unified commerce POS platform. So it's really about bringing those channels together uh, and, and giving people, you know, give them reasons to come into store. But it's um, – and just recently something that we've done is uh, we've partnered with TriQuestra, who's uh, that um, 
Unified Commerce provider and, and Amasis, and essentially we're utilising Amasis' recommendation platform and, and we're injecting that into POS. So now when we have customers coming into store to collect an item, our team members can at, at retail can actually within POS click a button um, and that'll show them the outstanding click and collect orders. They can click on an order and using the Amasis recommendations um, and it will actually recommend product at your store when the customer comes in for them to, you know, to show, get us put aside and, and show the customer and, you know, and look to upsell or complement what they've bought. So I think it's really that, you know, we work very hard to bring the channels together and what we do in a digital sense, we also push to do uh, in a physical sense. We have shoppable screens uh, in a handful of stores and as we're refurbishing or opening new stores, we're putting those screens in. And what that means is that we've got a customer that's coming into store. Uh, we were offering store to door. So that was where door A, um, a customer was in um, St. Sydney in our Pitt Street store and that particular location didn't have a size 10 dress that the customer was looking for, um, it enabled them to actually transact there and then make payment and uh, it would push that order through to a store that had the closest possible store to the customer's delivery address to deliver that order to, uh, item to the customer. Um, and then we took it to the next stage where we introduced a shoppable screen. So rather than the customer and our team members potentially huddling, huddling around a mobile phone to look at the website, there's a purpose-built um, App that we've got running um, on those screens where the customers can browse by range. It may mm. even be that we might have 20, 20 black jackets uh, at any given time. Um, however, that particular store might have or it might be lined. Um, it allows that filtering within this uh, shoppable screen so that you know they can shop the entire range from any location. So I think it's really about um, you know bringing the channel. Together and, and providing that where possible, bringing the digital into store as well where it makes sense. And that's an incredible offering. I mean, certainly for convenience and uh, I think just that integration, um, as you say, is really so important. And, and just, I think, from the demographic that obviously shop at Q, I mean, they must just appreciate, um, I guess, the convenience of all of those things. And we know that we've seen um, a significant rise around, you know, consumer activism and, and certainly a, a push towards sustainability. Um, you know, how has um, sustainability kind of shaped um, some of the decisions that, you know, Q has made, um, you know, when shipping and um, and just, they, you know, sourcing their products in general? General. Yeah, definitely. It's certainly something that um, that you know the business is, is very mindful of, and something. I mean, we're on a journey. I think most retailers are on that journey. Um, for us, it's it's reviewing everything around packaging. Uh, we're, we're soon to um, soon to go 100% recyclable um, and and compostable packaging from an online um, delivery perspective. So the parcels will be sent out in. Um, so we're looking to certainly uh, get there. And, and to be honest, we, we would have been there by now, except there was some shortages in the material that actually uh, makes uh, some of those products and, and particularly some of the better ones. Um, then there's everything from, you know, our local production. So, um, you know, first and foremost, looking to keep as many of those jobs as we can um, in Australia is, I think, super important. Um, it's also reducing some of those carbon miles um, around, you know, 
getting product and, and internationally and getting fabric to locations and then product to Australia and then distribution within Australia. So um, in a lot of cases, we're trying to reduce, um, you know, the, the reduce the distance that product needs to travel. And then as far as um, last mile fulfillment, uh, we're always, we've got the systems in place um, where we're, um, you know, where we're, we're choosing the locations closest to that customer um, to make that delivery. So again, uh, we have, you know, we have the benefit as a multi-channel retailer of having, you know, close to 100 stores around Australia. It's enabled us to do three-hour delivery nationally, um, which which was a huge thing for us. And it's, it's really important for our customers um, to not only offer these things just because you're in Sydney Metro or just because you're in Melbourne, um, you know, being able to offer that around the country and including some of those, um, you know, some of those suburban locations and extending that. Uh, the click and collect's been important to us. So the more customers that actually, you know, potentially can head into store rather than, you know, rather than deliveries where we can reduce that. Um, but yeah, we're always looking to uh, where we can um, improve from a sustainability perspective down to the product. Um, there's some exciting stuff that I can't talk about just yet that, that'll be happening this year. And um, I'm sure everyone who, who follows Q will, um, you know, be excited for a few big initiatives that we've been working on that will be, um, you know, that we'll be launching this year. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely something that we've got a big focus on and, and um, that ethical, you know, clothing, the ethical production, um, keeping as many of those jobs local and, and also from the sustainability in the product and the material we use um, is, yeah, certainly important to us and it's something we're constantly looking to um, improve. Oh, we're very excited to hear about um, new, um, you know, systems and procedures and, and even exciting news coming out of our brand. So we'll have to touch base with you once all of that gets launched so you can tell us more about it. Um, I think, you know, our industry is incredibly diverse and, and we are, you know, the largest employer of youth in the country. Um, how, you know, what role do you think retailers play in terms of, you know, kind of shaping the futures of, of young people in Australia? Uh, look, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely very passionate about. Um, and I think, and we I briefly touched on it, and I, you know, we briefly touched on it at the um, at the Nora event this year, um, the CEO event, where I think as retailers we've got a real role to play um, in in providing um, you know providing a, a pathway for for the youth. Um, I think in in this country and, and definitely a lot of others for that matter, uh, retail is certainly seen as a you know a stopgap or it's something I'll do whilst I'm studying. Um, and I think as an industry, we really need to provide, you know, pathways and, and traineeships and scholarships and and also really sell the success of um, some amazing people. I mean, head office here at Q, um, we've got, you know, mar head of marketing, we've got, you know, brand managers, we've got finance, senior finance people. And, and a lot of them, the exciting thing is a lot of them started with, with our business in retail. Uh, the business is super supportive of giving, providing opportunities. We always are looking within before we look outside when we're looking to recruit. Um, and, you know, every day there's there's more and more people um, with opportunities that have come from that, um, you know, that shop floor from our perspective. And it's something I think is an industry um 
we really need to take some ownership and, and really, you know, tell that story and, and get out there and, you know, and take that stigma away of, oh, you're a retailer or, you, you know, you work in retail and there's no real hope for you. Um, these, you know, the, these people that are working in retail provide pathways for them to, you know, get into professional industry roles, whether it's a finance, legal, um, technology. Uh, I think it's something we certainly need to champion more and, uh, and really take away from that idea that retail is, you know, if you're considered a failure, if you potentially buy some family members or otherwise it's, you know, if you say that you work in retail, um, particularly at, at, at that store level. Um, and then at the same point, there's, you know, a lot of opportunities in retail management. Um, and again, we see a lot of our a lot of our area managers and, and regional managers that have um, really developed and grown within the business. Um, and I think as an industry, we, yeah, we certainly need to get out there and, and come up with some structure and, and some marketing and some storytelling and champion, um, you know, those pathways. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know for us, certainly this year, our young retailer um, who had worked his way through Haynes or for Bonds um, while he was doing his degree, you know, then became a buyer for them um, and has had a very successful career within retail and obviously gone on to win our award this year. I mean, there are so many stories like that with so many um, incredible people that I think we meet throughout the industry and, and just getting, I guess, that message out there, I think, is really important. I mean, do you think there's anything that Q does um, – you know, in relation to that kind of succession planning, you know, that is better than other um, retailers or that other retailers could learn from. Is there something, do you think they've got some type of, you know, magic that means that people want to stay and work or that they continue to kind of look up the ladder? Um, you know, is there something that you think you could, you know, I guess, give to our, our listeners around, um, you know, how they might be able to do that within their business? Um, look, I think the um, probably first and foremost, um, what Q does that, you know, let's say, I don't know how different it is to some other retailers. So what we really do is um, champion the retail team. So we really see, I mean, the business we see is, you know, it's our design team um, and, and everything that supports them through the manufacturing and it's our retailers and the rest of us, we're, we're, we're there to support them and, and provide, the, you know, the, the support to allow them to do their job in the best possible way. So I think first and foremost, we do have them on a pedestal and we really do um, do see that they are, you know, the heart and soul of, of, of the business. So I think that's important. Um, I think the connection, I mean, we've got the owner and founder of Q, um, you know, 50 plus year now, years now, um, Rod Levis, and uh, the amount of time he still spends out in stores um, getting to know our retail team and when those opportunities come up, um, there's definitely that understanding when you're working at Q and you are out in the retail um, retail world that, you know, there are a lot of people who have who've found their way into head office and into key roles. Um, so I think just the very, you know, where it's, it's not overly structured. It's very fluid. Um, it's again, it's probably something we could champion uh, and, and make a bit more noise about, just to get drive the awareness. But it's really, as a business, I think um, you know everyone at head office and everyone um, you know throughout the entire business has a real connection between the retail team, um, and I think that thing's something really important, and we do really value and see them as you know as, as stars of the business. 
It certainly sounds something, um, sounds like they've built an incredible culture that, you know, obviously communicates really well about, you know, kind of what jobs are going, you know, where you can go. Um, and just the, obviously utilising the skills that you find on that shop floor, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you've no idea that someone has design skills and, and then suddenly you find out and you've, you know, got this absolute treasure that, you know, can really change the face of your business. So I think, you know, it sounds like, um, you know, it's not just by championing the um, retail staff, but also just by having those conversations that it would seem all levels um, must make such a big difference, um, particularly to those young workers. I mean, we, we've heard, we hear lots about in retail, I guess, around, um, you know, it's pretty tough at the moment. You know, you would see in the papers, of course, they're claiming it's a retail apocalypse. I mean, what do you think um, the top three issues retailers are facing today? Um, look, I, I think one of the top ones is, is finding um, good talent. Um, I think that finding and retaining good talent, I think, that, and then that goes back to that point of, you know, people potentially not seeing retail as a career. Um, mm-hmm. So if we just talk out now at, at, at the cold face of retail, um, I think that's certainly a challenge. I think um, there's, without doubt, um, there's more competition in the market. You know, we all know how many options we've got now. Um, and that, that, that sort of really kicked off quite a few years ago with the entry, you know, entrance of, of more and more of the international retailers, some successful, some not so much. Um, I think, you know, generally the economy, I don't think it's in, in fantastic shape. Um, but in saying that, we've obviously been, I, I suppose, lucky comparative to, you know, the impacts it's had in a lot of other places around the world. So whilst it does play a part, um, I think it, it's certainly not all doom and gloom. I think the other part is, you know, the media, it, like I say, with all these, it, it's hard for them not to report it, but it just seems to constantly, um, you know, there's, there's, bad stories or, or, you know, things that haven't turned out in the doom and gloom, whereas there's, um, you know, still a lot of opportunity. I think retailers in Australia can continue to evolve. Um, I think it's something we're doing uh, really well at the moment. I think there's a big appetite across the industry. There's some amazing people and and probably what's, um, you know, and a combination of those factors, um, you know, people aren't just walking in, the product's just not you know, flying off the shelf like it might have, you know, previously in the past. So I think you've got to, um, there's got to be a point of differentiation um, and whether that's price, whether that's, you know, in, in our case, you know, the product's got to be spot on, um, the quality's got to be spot on. And um, I think if you just sort of sit in the middle and, and you've got a, a potentially a product or a story that's not really, um, you know, it doesn't stand out. Um, I think, uh, you know, those retailers have been potentially hit harder and it's also, um, you know, I don't think it's been happening overnight. I think there's some of these businesses that potentially have been on the edge for quite some time and as, you know, and as foot traffic's down and, and we do see some of these uh, tougher environments, I think, think now we're starting to see the impact of that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I suppose, my, uh, my view on it. Yeah, I think, look, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that, um, 
you know, you're absolutely right, especially when it, when you talk about the reporting of the media, because, you know, we know that at this time of year, every year, um, that there are store closures and, and it's not something that just happens overnight. I mean, these businesses know for some time that, you know, things are tough and, and they're trying their hardest to obviously, you know, come through those tough times and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, but there are just so, there are also so many good stories and, and so many stories of growth happening um, in the market with, you know, entrepreneurs or, you know, with established businesses just doing something a little bit different and, and really making great gains or established businesses that have had it tough and that have really started to focus on, um, you know, what they do best and, and their retail workers and really utilising those relationships that they have with their customers and, and just changing their businesses um, for the better. So, you know, I think that there's still lots of um, good things happening for this industry and, and it is really important that, you know, we continue to try and, um, you know, get that message out there that retail isn't just a, um, you know, an industry that you work in for a short period of time, that we have wonderful professionals and that you can grow a very long and lasting career um, within our industry doing, you know, many things. And, you know, we need to see a, a focus on those skills and it's certainly something that we spend a lot of time talking to government about um, at the National Retail Association. Um, thank you for your time today, um, Shane. It's been wonderful speaking to you and getting your insights. Um, is there anything that you would like to um, say to our audience before we sign off? Um, is there a, you know, a last, um, I guess, takeaway message that you'd like to leave or, um, you know, if you've got a, a last story that, you know, you might like to tell um, our listeners? Um, look, I think um, from my perspective, the key thing is that there is a huge amount of opportunity and, and with change that creates opportunity. I think from, a, you know, from anyone in, in, you know, in digital or retail in general or technology, um, it's really about sort of trying to find those opportunities and, and really maximise them and, and work to your strengths. Um, to your point then around, you know, retailers sort of getting back to their focus and, and, and really doubling down on, on what what makes them who they are. Um, I think uh, I think that that's where there's still huge opportunity. Um, and just in general, you do see retailers now looking to try and get their sort of house in order from a, I suppose, a, you know, retail, what they're actually able to offer and a platform perspective. And, and previously there mightn't have been the right level of investment or the right platforms chosen. But I think uh, once your house is in order and your focus is, you know, on, on what you do well as a retailer, I think there's huge opportunities out there still. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Want to know more about the Australian retail industry? Visit nra.net.au for more insights just like these.